whole Here we are. Part. Here we go. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Michelle. <laughs> Happy to be here, Miranda. So we should start off with who you are. What's your name? What do you do? Name, rank, and serial number. I yeah. like it. <laughs> My name is Michelle Kelly, and I'm co-founder of K Plus L Storytellers. And we're a content company that bases everything on story. So we help middle market companies uh, find their one true story so that they become unforgettable to their audiences. Wow, and how long have you been doing that? Well, that's a really good question. Yeah. One would think that's easy to answer, but it is quite not easy to answer because it's a story in the making. Back in 2005, my husband and I were business partners and uh, we had a company with a very long name. It's so long that it is like Kelly Plus Industrial Global Relations. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so we had this company and we were a public relations firm. And then the recession knocked on our door. Oh, yeah. And everything completely changed. It came in, it ate everything in our refrigerator for lunch. We're good with that because um, what that set us on was a path, a new path. And I think that um, tumultuous uh, crises, um, trigger points like that create a new opportunity for right. you to explore yourself and what you can do. We had three young children at the time. Oh my gosh. And uh, we went on to, uh, he went on to get a job. I kept the company as a freelance writer. Well, last September, Last September is really when K Plus L Storytellers began because he rejoined me in the firm and we became business partners again. Old business partners can make great new ones, we yeah. discovered. And then we changed the name of the company to K Plus L Storytellers, which is a lot easier to say. Yeah. <laughs> and we became what we probably were all along but mm -hmm. didn't know it is a storytelling company. Did you feel like that time with the recession and you handling on your own allowed you to kind of strip away everything else you didn't need from the business? It did, because I couldn't do what I couldn't do. Right. And that's for everyone watching this podcast. That's, the, that's one of the big epiphanies of life. I couldn't be what we were before without Roderick, right. my husband and business partner. So I became what I knew, which is a word girl. I'm a word girl. I yeah. love to write. I've always loved stories. Uh, ever since I was a little girl, I've loved to write stories. Really? Have you been writing? How long have you been writing? Like, have you kept a journal? Oh, okay. I yes. love this question. I have kept three. Oh, really? Very important journals. And I started each one when I was carrying each of my children. I have probably really? nearly a thousand letters that I have written wow. to each one of them. So I have a book for Catherine. I'm actually on book two for her, a book for uh, Patrick, and a book for Peter. And over the course of their life, I have written these letters probably about six times a year, four to six times a year for each of them. Uh, but it varies. I have written my heart to them. I chronicled the first time Patrick looked in, you know, that little uh, mirror of the of the uh, of the bathtub, yeah. and he the first time he looked at himself, and he's going in and he's going out, and he started giggling. So oh, I have that you. documented. That I have um, letters about when my mother passed away, my father passed away, and, and and advice for them in the world, so that when I'm not standing right next to them, yeah. they can they can remember where they came from, and the oh. things they did, and the things that I felt were important for their values. So. That's so interesting. Do you ever? So I think that's really cool, and I think some of the most special gifts you can give are notes like that. Yes. Um, one of my very good friends gave. We were in a wedding last year, and she gave the couple notes for each milestone. So like, read this the night before your wedding, read this the night of your wedding, read this with your first child, read this, you know, on your first argument, read Beautiful. this on your one-year anniversary. And it's a really, if you think about it, simple gift. Yes. Because it, it was a bunch of sealed envelopes. Yes. Um, and I think people do that with wine, too, now. Like, you give a box of wine for each occasion. Oh, I love But this that. is so intensely personal, too. Yes. It's a note to be shared between the couple, and I think that's so special. But I never thought about, I've heard of 
parents writing emails mm -hmm. or creating an email account for their child and then like sending emails and photos and then giving it to them at some point. Great. Another great yeah, idea. Yeah. And that's a similar thing, but I've always thought of journaling as like for me. And so, right, right. And so I would agree absolutely until the moment I was expecting Catherine. And then suddenly I had this, this dialogue in my head that I started to, when I was carrying her and this dialogue, I immediately grabbed a pen and paper because that's like, it's like a blankie to a child. Yeah. For me, a pencil and a piece of paper is soothing. And when I'm really upset, I mean, I just, I will write anything. I'll just write my thoughts out and write, crinkle it up, throw it away. <laughs> but so as I wrote to them, each one of them, as they came along, um, it was, it was just a way to stop time for me. Right. And I think when I started, um, ex when I expect was expecting with Catherine, I just felt like my life had suddenly been duplicated. And then again with Patrick, and again, mm. again with Peter. And so it wasn't it wasn't about me. It was about my children. And I think that is a, a really easy uh, way for parents to kind of share part of their life is to mm. write to their children. Do they know you're doing this? Yes. In fact, at on certain birthdays, I will take the book out and I will read a passage from just you cool. know age four, or age one, or age ten, or what have you. And, wow. That's really cool. I've never heard of anyone doing that. Before. I think it helps them understand too who they were mm -hmm. when they were little yeah. and the different points of growing up and how they handled challenges and how I've handled them yeah. and how I haven't ha handled them well sometimes and how I have at other times. So they're very honest letters. I mean, they are. They really bear my heart to, the, to each of them. So. Yeah, and I think that's a great way for them to connect with because like their mom, because when you're a child, you don't always yeah. see your mom as a person. It's true. It's this mom, and the same friend that wrote those letters also, her mom passed away from pancreatic cancer, mm. and she, Jenna, got the journals that her mom had kept, and they weren't letters to her children, but she wanted Jenna to have them. Right. And so Jenna's getting the same, like continuing the relationship with a part of her mom that she never knew when she was alive, so it's almost like a more in-depth Thing. And then she turns to them for like dating advice, like how did her mom and her dad argue? What did they do when she was mad? You know, all types of little life lessons. Well, and that is a legacy. Words are a legacy, mm -hmm. which is why so many people are finding writing a memoir is um, so important to them. Right. Companies to pass on knowledge to the next generation, mm -hmm. you know, especially in family-owned businesses. People as memoirs, I've ghostwritten three books. Wow. And I can tell you just having a, having had the privilege of being a front row, having a front row seat to those authors, mm -hmm. it opened my eyes to how important it is to pass down stories to people. And you know, stories predate writing. Mm -hmm. People once, before writing was even invented, People would gather around the campfire, and I don't know how they did it. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming through Uggs and, and you know <laughs> grunts and things like that. But they would talk about the hunting of the day and right. what a child did, and and I can only imagine that those stories were oxygen for survival, mm -hmm. and it was a way of learning. And so, so stories have been with us for thousands and thousands of right. years, and uh, that's why in looking at your business or looking at your life and watching the story unfold and looking at it from that perspective, it it makes it so significant. Right. How do you think the landscape of storytelling is changing now that we have all this technology, social media, people like more glued into their phones than actually communicating one-on-one? -on -one? That's a wonderful question. It's a great question. I love the fact that young people have so many opportunities right. to tell stories. All these tools. To me, that has that has opened up opportunities for them to tell it visually with Instagram mm -hmm. and Snapchat, catching that scene. So when you write a book or a story, yeah. fiction or nonfiction, it doesn't matter, you have what's called scene and summary. So summary is that kind of big um, blue sky view mm -hmm. into the story. And scene are those little micro moments. So we have 
Snapchat to capture the micro moments. That is a story unfolding. I mean, even in Facebook, I think they call it a timeline, or a, it's right. a, but it's really a storyline. I mean, exactly. when, you, when you see it unfolding. So we have all the, I do think that sometimes that does, I think technology has impacted everybody a little bit from an isolationist standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think it's going to come back around. And I see a lot of uh, articles and trending pieces now talking about intentionally spending time with other people, etc. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a fad. I think that's going to come back around. And because we've had all these great tools and with technology right. to tell our story in different ways and express ourselves in different ways, I think it's going to be even more powerful. I think it's fantastic. It is fantastic. And I think that looking at it from that perspective is much more constructive than so many people like, mm. you know, you can get a bad rap for being on social media too much. Or, Absolutely. Or the kids being on social media, you know. But And then the other avenue too is podcasting and how popular that's become because... Right. It's people having a conversation or telling stories, depending on what your podcast you're listening to. Like, Absolutely. I've listened to some great ones. I thought this ghost one that I listened to, I drove through the Georgia Byway a couple of years ago, and I listened to a podcast about ghosts and like other worlds. I really thought it was real until I looked at it. <laughs> And it wasn't, but it was so good. So they, it was fiction. Yeah, it was they were fiction. fictional stories. But the way they told it, it was like other podcasts I've listened to, like Serial. I don't know if you listen to that. Um, it's a like a crime. I journey. have heard of that. Yeah, crime, like crime. and um, murders and things like yeah. that. They cover. Uh, are they unsolved or are they solved? The ones that so Serial was unsolved. The first one she did. And then because she had started looking into it and going back and interviewing all these people and she got the case files and talking to detectives, I think that guy, um, I forgot his name, his case went back to trial because she had actually uncovered evidence all these years later. Right. And then there was the same, um, Up and Vanished is another one. And that guy's in Georgia. And it's the same thing. He finds a cold case. Yes. So at this point, you don't even have to be a journalist, which then is interesting to hear how they handle the interviewing. Right. Because it's not always the best. It, it isn't. But sometimes that rawness, yes. that vulnerability of not being polished right. makes it so interesting. Another podcast that I love is How I Built This. Oh, I uh, it, it has, um, it's... I can't remember who does it, but it is fantastic. And they talk about different um, different people who have built these fantastic companies yeah. and how they've done it. So, and that's it's so interesting to me. That's what's the most interesting about all of these podcasts is you're really showing the process. Right. So whether it's like us talking about businesses or that one or a crime, like right. someone solving a crime, it's really taking you on the journey of the whole like crime. Like everything from A to Z, how it started, and then you know the community in which it started, and then you're getting into like solving the crime in the courts and the documents, and so I really think people want to see the process. Yes, they want to see the process. They want to see the truth behind yeah. how things work, and the the challenge is not so. Going back to your really fantastic question, which was, what do you think about all these different types of mm-hmm. technologies? The question then becomes not so much about the technologies, but the volume. Right. The volume of content. How do you choose to spend your time exactly. in consuming the media? And this is something that at K Plus Health Storytellers, I mean, we are studying this all the time. Yeah. How are people consuming information? So we're writing blogs and websites and, and all kinds of different types of content based on story. How our approach it could be the best writing in the world. It could be Pulitzer Prize winning. Right. But if no one reads it. Exactly. It is useless. It has not moved the needle. It has not accomplished what mm-hmm. it needed to accomplish. So um, this is a, a startling fact. Every time I think about this, it amazes me. But all the information, all everything that has been written from the beginning of man to 2003... All the books, the plays, the songs, the the movie scripts, everything mm-hmm. is now produced every two days. 
Oh my gosh. That Every, much so content. 15 years of content. Well, since 2003. Ha- everything from the beginning of oh, man to, to 2003, 2003. Oh my god. Is now created every 2 days. Oh, that's crazy. Every 2 days and I think it was the former chairman of Google who like put that statistic that together and they should know because they <laughs> they are a content, content company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how do you what have you found? What are people consuming? How do people narrow it down? Well, I think one way is relationship building through writing. Mm-hmm. Relationship building through, that's another great question because I mean, basically you're asking how do you get people's attention? How do you inspire people to want to read this type of content? It's making it human. I think the camera died. I think it did too. Oh no! Is it is it a battery issue or yeah. the camera decided it was done for the day? Thought it was charged enough. And it wasn't. Yeah, and I also forgot my backup. The backup is in the wall at home. Damn it! <laughs> well, now we're back to podcasting. <laughs> I can just like we can put it as much as it in there, and then be like after a certain point on YouTube, like it will just have audio. A picture or yeah, and then. Okay. A well, cord? Do we? We don't have a. I don't have a cord. Yeah. I do you need a special I, kind of cord? Yeah. Kind of. I couldn't find one. Yeah, you need um, like to be able to plug it in there. Right. Well, okay. We'll go to audio. Then. Yeah. I mean, we'll go. We'll switch over to audio and. You got twenty minutes then. <laughs> How long is your podcast usually? Like an hour. Okay. So. Well, this just means you have to come back now. <laughs> I thought that was fun. It is fun. It was to, great. Um, so we'll continue. Is it recording right now? Yeah, yeah the podcast is recording. Cut, yeah. cut it. Up. Oh, you cut this conversation out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I'm think, sorry. I thought I had. I thought I had everything. Okay. It was literally, the only thing I didn't pack last night was the battery charging. It happens. Yeah. This is why we have take one. It happens. Yeah. I have been in this situation with my little laptop, writing, doing experiential writing. And I'm, I'm begging for a an extension cord. This happened about two weeks ago at an event. Oh. And I got, I eventually got one. I had to go to paper, and then go back to my computer. Oh my god. Yeah. So, um, it was the Fox Valley, um, Fox Valley Chamber of Commerce. Oh yeah. They the, did a live scribe. Cool. So, so they had a live scribe doing the artwork as I was interviewing people, and yes, and and then I later went on to write the ten stories. To go with all the stories that were on the, oh, and we're going to take gosh. that actually on the road, which cool. I'm really super excited about. But so, wow, uh, eight foot by four foot gator board. She would draw out the stories as I was interviewing people. Oh my god, that's amazing! At, at their annual pig roast. But my computer died. Why? Because I was writing all afternoon. Yeah. And I was just concentrating on that story. And when I left, I had I didn't bring the chart. No, I brought the chart. Didn't didn't charge it up beforehand. So. Don't feel bad, Marshall. I mean, I've been in the, these shoes. Yeah. Well, and we got 20 minutes, so it's yeah. a good, like, start. Awesome. Miranda can just beat me later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <Slapping>. <laughs> I'm not going to fire you. Sure. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Well, last week I had everything, and, we, and, she, and she didn't want to do that. Well, I told her that we couldn't spring it on her last minute. Yeah. It was, t- yeah, that topic was too much. But I feel like, okay, back to storytelling. The one thing that, so when, because this podcast is new, and so a lot of people that come on the podcast are not used to, one, having a one-hour conversation with somebody, which is not a problem. Like, right. people, you can sit down and have a conversation. Oh, I can talk to you for eight hours. Yeah, so. most people, I think, could once you put their phones away sure. and they're not distracted by anything else. But two, then listening to yourself mm-hmm. for an hour, yeah. everyone, without fail, emails me as soon as the podcast is posted and it's like, I talk too much, I can't believe I said all of that, blah, blah, blah. And that's the point of the right? podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you feel like you revealed too much, or you were controversial, or maybe you shouldn't have said that, 
then I'm just going to take that as you being honest and authentic. And that's a compliment because then you felt comfortable. No question about it. The truth, the truth is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's how I learn is through the truth of others. Right. When they reveal a problem or a challenge or a celebration or a joy, what a difficult moment, a great moment. I, that, and that's the beauty about stories. We see ourselves in mm -hmm. other people's stories and we learn. That's how we learn. 70% right. of learning in the workplace is done through informal learning. Interesting. And the very best of that is stories. So how do you, what's the process for you guys? Like how do you get these, who are you working with first of all? We work with middle market companies that are culture driven and want to grow. And at those companies, like who specifically, like what roles? Typically we work with the president or CEO. Oh really? They, usually these companies have anywhere from 75 to on up employees. Wow. And the, the CEO or president is very involved in the messaging, okay. but they're not doing all of it. Right. They might even have a director of marketing, but they want to weigh in. So oftentimes we're working with the director of marketing or the CEO and president, um, the director of sales. These are common type, vice president. Okay. We're typically working with somebody in the C-suite or near the C-suite who have, has a great stake in what the future of the company wow. is and what it becomes. Yeah. And your story can become anything. I mean, if, if a company wants to be the greatest um, coffee company in the mm -hmm. world, if that is their thing, we're going to make the very best coffee in the world. That's their vision and their story then unfolds toward that. Right. That's why vision planning is so important. That was my next question. Dream where you want to be. Do you have to help them with the vision planning? Yes, in part. Okay. Um, sometimes they are a little stuck on where they want to go because they're so stuck and mired in the everyday activities of their companies. Okay. So for example, we, we have the privilege and honor of working with a contract packager mm -hmm. in Batavia, cool. um, Green Seed Contract Packaging. Oh. We blog for them and we've helped them uh, develop their website um, content along with a wow. fabulous, uh, this is one of the best of the best uh, companies in Chicago called Stick Out Social. They do websites. Cool. And they're out of the Board of Trade building. And so their team and our team got together and we worked on their story. We, we literally worked on their story, talked to their, their customers. We talked wow. to people inside the company. We listened to what their vision was. And we identified that they are a company that helps others grow. And everything was predicated on that storyline. Wow. So in that case, how long does that interview phase last. four to six weeks wow it takes four to six weeks so he i'm going to break it down into three parts so anybody who is listening to this podcast right now they can actually take this advice and put it into play Best. yes i think i need to do this <laughs> i'll help you <laughs> we'll work on yes. your story together so there are three parts to looking at a business's story there's context mm -hmm. there's action and there's results, okay. and it's it's kind of nice because you can remember it as CAR, right? C A R, oh, okay. CAR, context, action, and results. So the context part is uh, what I was talking about in terms of getting the um, getting client insight interviews, understanding how you're perceived outside mm -hmm. the company, internally what your culture looks like. So just it, picture it like you're you meet someone, you're thinking about dating them. And you want to know all about them you right want, away, right? Right away, the context uh -huh. of your story. So, for a, a business that wants to grow and wants to uh, expand their their audience, they're going to be looking at everything about themselves. Well, that's the context. Okay. Once you get the context of a business's story, then you move on to the act action. The action part is. There, these are things like the website, mm. um, the marketing strategy, okay. which you're so fantastic at. I mean, you just 
you look at these companies and you figure out, you know, what steps do they have to take in order right. to grow from a marketing standpoint. And where do they want to grow? And Back to vision always. Absolutely. And then um, what is on what, their print collateral? Mm -hmm. um, how do people answer the phone? What does their office space look yes. like? Look like so all of this. Is the, these are the actions you take: the context, the actions, and then the results. How are you going to measure success? Right. A company should be asking that. What does a great year look like? And picture that for, on the results side, it's more than just analytics. Mm -hmm. We like to ask companies. To let's say so now it's September 2018 today we're doing a lot of planning mm -hmm. um, contextual planning with companies now for 2019 okay. so we ask the question it is December 2019 what is on your newsreel what is on what has happened that has made this year a great year and yes some of those things may be defined by numbers mm -hmm. but some of those things might be employee engagement oh yeah our culture has improved uh, morale has gone up we have clients calling us after blogs are posted some of our blogs have gotten into major publications mm -hmm. and so we've suddenly um, uh, penetrated circles of influence that we hadn't anticipated and we've gotten more business because of that we open a new vertical market wow. so looking at so the action is part metrics but it's also part what I like to call soft metrics. Mm -hmm. They might not be exactly measurable, but you can feel it's them. The emotional part. You can of feel it. them. Yeah. And so I want really quickly. Yeah. I want to talk about car, the context, action, results in terms of the Titanic. Okay. The movie. So a lot of people know about the movie. Yes. Titanic. The and reason I, think I watch it every time it's on TV. Oh my God, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. I'm yeah. sorry, Roderick. I'm sorry, but he is amazing. Yes. Well, you are too, Roderick. But <laughs> Leonardo, he he's fantastic. So, if in that movie we had gone right to the action, right? Boat hits iceberg. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> we would not feel the story because we don't have the context. We don't see Rose yet. We don't mm -hmm. see Jack yet. Mm -hmm. We haven't connected with these characters. We don't know that they're really in love. We don't know that they're really in love. We don't know that she's really not in love with her fiance. Yeah. So all that context would have been missing. Right. That's why you have to do context first. Mm -hmm. Then we come. Then comes the action. Mm -hmm. Action is important because, and there's part of the action is conflict. I mean, like you have to know what obstacles you're yes. fighting against to be successful as a business. If the Titanic had launched and we see this beautiful ship and these beautiful people, mm -hmm. the fun dancing in the lower part of the boat and the romance come alive and then they docked and they got <laughs> off the boat, there wouldn't have been a story there That's either. It. Boring. So you need context, you need action, and you need results. And a, every business needs this for their story to come alive. And every business's story is different. And so I would imagine then their results are different too. Like what I want to see, what I define, how I define success is going to be different than how you define it or how these other businesses yes. define it. Do you ever have your the people you're working with write themselves? Like if you're doing this projections, like in December 2019, this is where we want to be. Yes. Do you ever have them write themselves the letter? That's a great idea. Haven't done that, but I will now because you just inspired me. But we did an exercise the other day. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about to this company um, and they are actually a creative firm mm -hmm. who experienced a, um, a, a lot of change over the last couple of years. And we had some members of their leadership team in the room and we asked them to write on one side of colored paper so you know colored paper markers these mm -hmm. are <laughs> I I couldn't live without these yeah. things because they kind of bring stories alive but in our storytelling exercise but we have it on one side of the piece of paper write who they who they felt they were today as a company so just one sentence two oh, nice. it's limited so it's like it's like Twitter and okay? is it like you have like a minute to do it like just put it down minute 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 and a half that's it I mean very and and some of these exercises have to be done with with that yeah, sense of urgency exactly. because you want to take the top level mm -hmm. thought and put it down on paper just yeah. get it it's, it's like a, a rough first draft yeah every first draft 
stinks. Yes. <laughs> 40% of it gets cut. Right. But what remains and what evolves is fantastic. So um, in the second, third, fourth um, iteration. So on one side, they wrote what they were today, what they felt they were today. They wrote that. And we did it too. We, are, we have a rule. Roderick and I have a rule. If you're going to do something, we're going to do it too. So oh, we good. did it for them. I mean, for their company, we wrote. And on the flip side, we wrote, now we said, what is you, what do you feel you can become? What is Ooh. the, what is your, when you reach the peak of the mountain for your company, mm -hmm. like you're on the top of the mountain, you're waving the flag, we did it. And all your people, they right. have like, this is the company of about 150 employees. We did it and all your employees are behind you. You're raising the flag. What are you? And they wrote that. And then we put everything aside and we had our meeting mm -hmm. to talk about different, you know, some different topics. And then we pulled them out at the end of the meeting and they, they read what they wrote, where they are today. And then they read the side of where, what they can become. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. The, the difference was like, and I love vanilla ice cream. So this, this is no <laughs> slam on anyone who likes vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, I love vanilla ice cream, but it was like vanilla versus, you know, espresso, chocolate fudge, walnut, hazelnut, hazelnut, you know, Nutella, <laughs> oh, espresso, oh my God, <laughs> chocolate yes. fudge, hazelnut. Um, the difference was incredible. One was very expected and it had a slower rhythm to mm -hmm. it. It was kind of way down. The other one was free. It had words like, uh, it, it like, phenomenal and outstanding oh, and it had words in it that made the company come alive yeah. now why shouldn't that vision be who we are today exactly so let's find that story and let's tell the world about it do you find when you do that exercise that they when they're thinking writing down their projections they're not shooting high enough like is what you or how you envision their company is it ever higher than what they see for themselves I think that's often true for today. Yeah. When they're writing the today okay. side, they they are um, they have they come to that exercise oftentimes with a little bit of a heavy heart. Yeah. So we did some storytelling exercises with the uh, Rotary Club of Aurora. Oh, cool! And we actually we we met with a big group. They were so fantastic. Uh, Charlie Zine and Nick mm -hmm. Scanlon welcomed us to. Um, Aurora Rotary Club and we met with them over lunch and we we asked them to do some different storytelling exercises for example and again the listeners do this on your own you can do right. this they we asked them if they were a movie what would the title be oh. so put yourself in scene mm -hmm. in different view yourself from different perspectives, if you were a movie title, what would it be? It could be something completely exciting yeah. and capture the essence of your story without being something so expected. You know, right. we are a printing company or we are a, um, a, we are a coffee company or we are a pop company. Mm -hmm. Talk about yourself in terms of the big lights. Think big. What is your story? So that was really interesting. And then eventually from that later, I mean, not all in one day, but we crafted their elevator speech. Wow. And then they, and they are using that. We're, they're actually putting it on their website and, and talking to people and getting people behind mm -hmm. one storyline. I think that's, you and I have talked about this before, like once you can see the big picture and you understand that for your yeah. yourself or your company or whatever it is, then it's a lot easier to kind of step backwards and put it into your elevator pitch or put it into your Instagram post because everything kind of comes from that. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're an expert in branding. So oh, a lot of this is something that I'm sure that you do with, with, with your clients in helping them unearth mm -hmm. what makes them special. Right. Because when you think about it, we think about a, a thumbprint, you know, there's only one, right, for each person. Yeah. The signature, there's only one for each person. Yes. The same thing with story. Yeah. Same thing with brand. Yeah, that's Absolutely. What, I mean, it's great to, to look at your competition. I'm all about competitive analysis. Mm -hmm. Look at your competition, see what they're doing, but 
you know, don't don't be tempted to say I'm going to do what they're doing. You can't copy them. You can't copy them because you are your own true story. Right. We are all individuals and companies are no different. I don't care if it's a company of a of one or a company of a yes. hundred or a company of ten thousand. There's always one true story that they have. Right. And their story is what makes them different. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that especially like when I work with clients, the hard part sometimes is digging through all that other stuff and figuring mm-hmm. out what exactly they want. Because you can get you can get bogged down with what the competition is doing or what you think you're not doing or right. what they're doing or what people what you think people expect from you. Yes. And so it's you kinda have to turn all of that off. And so you were saying, you know, colored paper and markers. I've been doing putting these giant white pieces of paper on the wall and having people put their phones away and then just asking questions and then we just write it out love it and most of the time we're standing because i find too and i don't know um i would have met are most of your meetings like in a boardroom or conference room um typically uh but nobody sits the whole time. I mean, yeah. like we've got the beach ball going. We're doing right. different exercises, and I like them, you know, to move around the papers yeah. and really have to amp up the creative energy. Yes, because we're creating something together. This is big. Exactly, and I think that's not something I'm doing enough. A lot of the meetings, like let's sit and talk and go through this stuff. But now I'm trying to get people up more too. That to sounds like get that with creative the, energy going. Yeah, with the big post-its on the wall. Right. Fantastic. Or even just having a meeting outside versus inside. Down, yeah. You know, even down here, this is nice, but you like if you go out upstairs to the river, then you never know what's going to happen. Right. You know, like you can have right. a whole different perspective. So I think right. the environment plays a lot into that, right. into your creative process. I agree. Absolutely. And, and um, to take that, that's an excellent point, to take it one step further the lens by which yeah. you look at your company. Right. So take the lens of um, take the lens of of your uh, of yourself. Let's say you're a company owner and you're you look at your company mm-hmm. as yourself. Then in your head, step out of the room, come back in, look at your company yeah. like a customer. Okay, a lot of people are familiar with that. Get out of the room, go back in, now look at your company like you are living next door to it. Then leave, come back again. Look like, look wow. at it like you're um, a woman of 85 years mm-hmm. of age. Leave, come back. Look at it like you're a college student looking for a job. Yeah. Leave, come back. Look at your company from a lot of different lenses mm-hmm. because that's going to broaden your uh, perspective of your own company. Right. A lot of what you're saying sounds like there's this huge emotional component, like the empathy mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. you know, how viewing your company in someone else's shoes and then also flipping that and like putting yourself in your client's shoes and whatever their business is too, you have to really understand how they're feeling. Empathy is huge. I mean, this is, this is something that everybody uh, should be looking at for mm-hmm. their businesses be- and here's why. When you're this, the, one of the biggest challenges I find with most of our clients, they is their the homepage of their website. Yeah, they just they're just not sure what should go on there. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know we have the attention spans as you know are less than that of a goldfish. Yes. I mean it's documented. Right. We are it's less than nine <laughs> seconds. Uh, the goldfish can actually listen longer than we can. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy. <laughs> Pay attention to whatever it is goldfish do. Yeah. <laughs> Swim to the next little coral yeah. reef in their, you know, in their environment. But um, so on the website, a lot of companies get really get tripped up. What do we put on on that in that mm-hmm. space? So I think that um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got you have to look at. Look at it from a lot of different perspectives, mm-hmm. and look at it. Uh, you know who is visiting your website, and what are they expecting, and are you really connecting with them on an emotional level? Right. And that's where the empathy comes in. It when you're looking at content, mm-hmm. words for your company, you are always looking at it from one part empathy or emotion, mm-hmm. and one part authority. Exactly. So that's social proof balanced with uh, with that humanized emotional connection. Yeah, One versus the other is not enough. It's not enough. And I think that that's missing from a lot of people's social media too, mm-hmm. because I think that's a safe route, right? Right. You make right. it a little more vanilla and yeah. you make, 
because more maybe you think you'll appeal to more people that way or you're but on the contrary like people are just going to scroll by if they're on instagram so you have to give them something to pay attention to and a lot of times it's the emotional components whether that's putting your face on your instagram account more or being more honest or sharing the stories of your clients sure or the people you're interacting with because i think on the surface you know okay she's a wedding planner and he's a personal trainer and so and so is a storyteller but how are you actually impacting these people right because it's easy to give yourself a a label absolutely and a title anyone can put that in their instagram bio absolutely but what are you actually doing a quick example on Mm -hmm. that is I I love that how you set up this part of the conversation because you're right. Everybody immediately gets put into a label. Mm -hmm. We're all in a bucket of some sort. And when you share a story or when you share a part of yourself, it doesn't even have to be a story, but just share a part of yourself on the website or in a blog or what have you, and you make that connection. That mm-hmm. connection is for life. And, and a really quick example mm-hmm. is um, a colleague of mine, Catherine Johns. Mm-hmm. And she was um, in radio for many years at WGN. She is a, an excellent um, speaker coach. Ooh. And uh, she helps people you know, be their best self on stage and interviews, etc. And she wrote a blog about how sometimes women can use words to devalue themselves. Right. Um, saying things like, uh, let's say you make your point and then you follow it up with, well, I just thought you might want to have this information. You gotta devalue it. I or, mean, well, like, I don't know, but... Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, even using the words, I think this mm-hmm. is what we should do. No, be confident. This is what we should do. Exactly. Here's why. Let's talk about it. Right. So, I read that blog post and it changed everything i actually saw in my own i'm a word girl in my own emails how i was doing some of that yeah and it changed everything and to me she went from you know i always knew that she was great at what she did but she went from a a coach to and a personal brand Mm -hmm. expert to someone who i trust Right. Like I really, if, if I had a client who needed her services, I would refer them to her mm-hmm. without even thinking twice because she shared a part of herself with, and, yeah. and I'm sure that in her background, she probably has used those words and she, she's of, um, you know, she's such an expert that she, she realized it right. and she wrote, wrote about it and it changed my life. She changed my life. Well, and I think the key words that you, she shared and that allowed you to trust her. And those are for every brand. You have to share information, especially if you're a new company or, or not. But that's how you build trust: is mm-hmm. you share information and you open up your your knowledge base or your emotions or whatever the case may be. And that shows people that you a know what you're talking about, right. and b that you're real. And if you're willing to share, right, then why shouldn't they trust you? Why shouldn't they hire you? Exactly. You have to. You have to. And you you have to do it authentically. Yes. Um, and and not you know throw something out there and to share it just to share it or to hope that you get something back from it but share generously right and that because people can see through that they know the difference if you're putting this out just to get likes on instagram or just to get you know readers to your website versus like you genuinely want to share this piece of knowledge which she probably like you said struggled with and this helped her and so now she wants to share it with other people i mean that's to me the most powerful thing you can do is let people in because once they trust you, yeah. and, and that's why social media is so powerful p- yeah. for brands, because once, like you're building trust throughout, every time you share a post, every time you share a story, every time you write a little bit more, then people are gonna think about you when like, right. who should I call to tell my story? Right. Or who should I hire to be a personal trainer? Right. Or, you know, and that's, that's like sharing your story on social media is a powerful thing if you're doing it right. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so Roderick and I just celebrated a wedding anniversary, Ooh, and he wrote what number? Yeah, twenty-seven. Congratulations! Thank you so much. He wrote a blog post about it, and he said, "I want you to read this before I post it." And I read it, and 
there there was something in it that I was just really surprised at and I said I didn't say anything actually I, to myself I'm like that's awesome that he wrote this Aww. he he talked about how last summer he was let go from mm -hmm. his company and um, that predicated him joining me as a business partner in September last September mm -hmm. so we're actually one year into it together nice but I love that he did that. I love that he shared that. And it's I don't vulnerable. think absolutely because mm -hmm. you know what? That happens. Right. That happens to people. Yeah. And it's not a it's not a bad thing. I mean it seems bad at the time, mm -hmm. but it's not a bad thing because right. it led to something even better. But if you don't share that part of yourself with people, if you make your company or your um, your your blogs or whatever it is that you're writing, your newsletter, mm -hmm. your quarterly newsletter, if social media, if it's all about look at me, yeah. look how great I'm doing, look how one, you know, I got this award, right. and I'm I'm hanging out with with these cool people over here at this trade show. If it's all about that, then then that is what's called a bore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and why would anyone pay attention to that? You know. have like that's what you have a job to capture people's attention in whatever industry you're in, and so the way to do that is to be authentic, yes. and that's to be yourself and to be authentic. Back to the thumbprint thing, right? That's what's going to set you apart. And there, exactly. you're going to always have competition, absolutely for sure. And there will be people if you're doing your job right that are going to try to copy you, yeah. but they can't because that's yours. And it's truly yours if you're honest and you're open and you're right. authentic with it. An example of this, actually, so this week, my brother is a personal trainer, so that's why that's coming to mind. But he and I, we trained together on Monday, and then we had a marketing strategy session. And we Ooh. put the papers on the walls. Nice. I mean, and we got a nice workout in, so we were yeah. like creative juices Absolutely. The endorphins are flying. Yeah. <laughs> and we were outside for that. Wow. And so... We've been, because he's done a good job building his brand, I'll say, on social media. Uh -huh. But it's revolved a lot around him and okay. less around his clients. And so uh. what we found is that is actually turning intimidating some potential clients. Oh. Because he's the personal trainer, he's the fit, he's in shape. Right, he right. And so if you're someone who wants to get in shape or is thinking about it, then that can be intimidating. Right. But the people that he's training are the same as those potential people, right? They're in right. the same position. So we decided he would start sharing more of his client stories if they were willing on social media. Yeah. Excellent idea. Yeah. And he, so he will show like, he'll take a picture of if like I was working out with him he takes a picture of me and then posts it with like some words of wisdom. Sure. But he wasn't capturing their why. Like why did yes. they show up today? Yes. Why did they call him? And so he trained with my mom that afternoon. Okay. And he tested it immediately, which is always cool to see right. someone execute right away. Yes. So he like got out Instagram and he recorded my mom and he said, you know, like why are you first when they first got to the gym why did you show up today? And she said whatever she said. And then they had trained and they were at the end of their session and he has you push the sled, like this prowler thing, basically until you die. But um, <laughs> so at that point you're already exhausted and then you're just gonna like- I'd probably just dust it. Yeah. I, probably, I probably wouldn't admit, even make it budge. Right. <laughs> so then before she pushed the sled, he asked her, why are you gonna push the sled? Like what questions do you have to burn today? Um, and so then he di she didn't realize he was recording and she started crying in the video and she said, you know, cause she, she struggles with a lot of pain, like in her knees and mm. stuff like that. And so she didn't, and then you can see her, she's crying and she's trying to like get rid of her crying. And then she's oh. like, Oh, are we recording now? I'm crying on camera. Like, Oh, and then she gives a really honest why that she's pushing the sled so that the pain doesn't win. Wow. And that How and that's what, like that's it right there. What we had talked about that morning in the strategy meeting and the right. reason why I wanted him to show his clients right. wise. That's it. How many people watch that video and like could relate right to being in pain or to being tired at the end of the workout but pushing yourself a little bit harder or right. not wanting to show up but doing it anyway. Like there's so many emotional I mean, I feel it. Can, yeah, right here. And just you, you describing it. it. I haven't even seen it. I, right, feel it right exactly. here. Exactly. And it was quick. 
I mean, it yeah. was like 20 seconds. Right. But he got the raw emotion. Yes. And what she battled. Exactly. She, she He got that, that highest point of conflict in her story, yeah. the battle against the pain. Right. The pain is the antagonist. Yes. And she's fighting against that, and she's doing everything. Right. She's pulling out everything she can, and he's the guide to helping exactly. her. Exactly. And what she said in the beginning was probably a more polished answer. Sure. But when she was tired and she was exhausted, she right. was probably hurting, then he got the real, right. real answer. And that, anyone who sees that, that's unforgettable. Right. I, I already have it. This, so what you just did um, illuminates another reason why story is so powerful. Yeah. Story, you know, so we've all heard that everybody's a different kind of learner, tactile, um, audio, right. visual. Stories involve all oh. three mm -hmm. of those because I immediately, you telling me that story, I had the visual, I yep. could see it as clearly as day. Audio, obviously, you were telling me the story and tactile. The way you described it, I felt like I was pushing <laughs> that sled. Like I could really feel the force yeah. of it. So a story, stories appeal to all types of learners. Right. Um, but what a beautiful thing. Good for your, I'm so happy for your mother that she, you know, is doing something mm -hmm. to take action against the pain. And I'm happy for your brother who yeah. has maybe found another story channel. Yeah, and I think he has. And I think that is what he's, he came to realize on Monday. Like mm -hmm. there are these, people are coming to him with all their own story. Mm -hmm. And so now he's been sharing his a lot and his journey, which is good, but now it's right. time to kind of turn it a little bit. Expand it. Yeah, expand it. Yeah. So yeah, that all, I mean, the power of your story yeah. is amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that story. I think that's, I mean, we've been talking for an hour now. Yeah. So that's a good place to wrap it. I love it. The power story. Yes. So All how right. can people... Oh, Here's cheers. to the power story. <laughs> power story. Real quick, do you want to tell people how they can find you? Mm-hmm. www.klstorytellers.com klstorytellers.com. Visit our website. Um, also, if you would like to chat about story, I love talking about <laughs> stories with everybody. It, because uh, story is... You know, it makes our lives uh, what they are. It makes us us. So email me, uh, Michelle yeah. with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, -E, so Michelle with one L, at klstorytellers.com. Yes. Thank you for being here. I loved it. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> we did we it. We did it. <laughs> yes. And we got video for a little bit. Yeah. We did that too. That was great. How do you feel? I loved it. I loved it. I love this whole concept. Uh, Marshall, if you know, Roderick and I have long talked about wanting to do something like this. Oh, cool. I have to get your card. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, do I have Marshall. a card? I'll give you my name, though. <laughs> okay. My card says I'm a tile salesman. <laughs> do you have those on you? Um, I know a great those. marketing person. Yeah, I know. Help you with these uh, brand assets. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, now you have two people nagging mm. you. <laughs> For this it's reason. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, I don't think this day could get any worse. I need some strong will in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. I, oh, I my God. That was time that we had together. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. This is fantastic. I, this is great. So how, what 